It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to talk about SGA dropping 42 points, the Thunder's amazing second half, Lou Dort's buzzer beater, what all this means. We're going to talk about all of it, but we start, as we always do, with our game overview. And the first thing we found out yesterday was that Devin Booker was selected as the all-star game replacement for Anthony Davis. Of course, that means that uh, SGA has officially missed the all-star game. You know, Honestly, I would have given this replacement to Mike Conley, but... They give it to Devin Booker. Again, I think that SGA has been better than Devin Booker this year. I think that he's been better in this specific season. And whenever voting for the 2021 All-Star game, this season should really be the only thing that you take into account. So that's my thoughts on that. But Devin Booker has been named the, the replacement for AD. Now, in this game, the Thunder did not have George Hill. And, of course, did not have Ariza or the four G League assignees. Other than that, they were perfectly healthy. The Spurs, however... Totally opposite. They were missing a ton of guys. DeMar DeRozan was out. Rudy Gay was out. Keldon Johnson was out. Devin Vassell was out. Derek White was out. And then the LaMarcus Aldridge did play, but for some reason they brought him off the bench because there was question marks about if he would play. But then he was also available, but was not going to come in the starting group. It was kind of weird. But the Thunder start the same way. SGA, Maldon, Dort, Baisley, Horford. The Spurs start with Murray, Walker, uh, Semanic, and Lyles, and Podol. And so with the first half of this game, it was just dreadful. The first half was some of the worst basketball on both sides you can ever play. SGA was literally the only player who did anything. He scored 17 first half points, 50% shooting. He had two free throw attempts in the first half, two. Now in this game, he finishes with 11 attempts, but only two came in the first half. And again, he had zero assists in the first half. Keep that in mind also. Diallo was two for six, but then had a groin injury, so he did not return the rest of the game. We do not have an update on him right now. We'll see if he can play on Friday. And then Darius Baisley was terrible in the first half. 0 for 8, but he got seven rebounds. He had a turnover. I think that Darius Baisley truly needs this all-star break more than anybody. Like, like I think that he needs to just reset, just kind of decompress a little bit, and then get back at it because you're seeing him get more and more frustrated. You're seeing him and his body language and demeanor change. It's even creeping into his offense a little bit. 
I mean, he, I mean, his defense a little bit. He's been throwing the ball away offensively, getting turnovers offensively, not making shots offensively. But defensively, you're even seeing him get beat more in these last couple of games than he typically had this year. It seems like it's all just kind of compounding on him. And I think that this all-star break in a couple of days could really allow him to take a step back and regroup and refocus and then have a really, really strong second half. I think that that can do wonders for his game. And so hopefully he can take that time to regroup. And then the Thunder just had... So many turnovers, not just Baisley, but everybody did. They only had 40 points at the half. Al Horford had four first half points. Four first half points. As a team, the Thunder shot 32% from the floor, 28% from deep, but they did once lead by 10 before going down by five at the half. It was a atrocious first half for both sides because the Thunder scored 40. The Spurs only scored 45. It was a game that turned basketball backwards for the first half of it. And then in the, third, in the third quarter, it doesn't start much better. I mean, Darius Baisley starts it out with by racing into a double team. He throws the ball away. Uh, Oklahoma City had no secondary scoring option besides SGA. SGA made a beautiful bounce pass, though, to start the third quarter to really get the scoring started uh, and threaded the needle. But then, as you can tell by the fact that Mark Daynock calls a timeout less than two minutes into the third quarter, they were not playing well. And it seems like... Mark Daynott's timeouts always work. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what he tells them. But it seems like after he calls those early timeouts, it just clicks. Everything just clicks for them, and they start to move again because SGA immediately comes out with a four-point play. The Thunder go on a 7-0 run. And once again, SGA was the best player on the court. He set a career high with 34 points with 2.30 left in the third quarter on only 16 shots. He had 21 points, SGA did, in the third quarter. He was incredible, truly incredible. In that third quarter, he got to the line nine times to bring his total after three to 11 free throw attempts. Now, in the fourth quarter, he only shoots four times, but still, he was really good all game long, and, and about him only shooting four times in the fourth quarter, it, it's really an attribute to his play style and the way he plays the game because Mark said it best after the game that he could have he you know, given in to the temptation. The exact words from Mark Dagnott was that he could have been seduced by the points to where... He sees that large number on there, and he wants to just gun for 50 and go be a 50-point a scorer in this league, which is still a, an amazing accomplishment. But he didn't. He, he just continued to play his game. And, and whenever he was asked about it, Shea was about if he had that thought at, at all, of just even if it creeped in his mind a little bit, if he was going to gun for 50 or just try to put up empty calorie stats, he said, no. I mean, I was just playing my game, and I wouldn't have known. He said, I wouldn't have known how many points I had if my teammates were not telling me constantly after every timeout. And I think that that's what... You saw there on one of those timeouts like Lou Dort was just smiling and, and yelling into uh, Shea's ear. I'm sure he was just telling him how many points he had. But Shea was awesome. He got 42 points in this one on 20 shot attempts. It took him 20 shot attempts to get 42 points. He shot 65% from the floor, 54% from beyond the arc. He's been really efficient shooting the three ball in this, in this later half of the first half of the season. He got to the line 11 times, only missed one attempt. He has eight rebounds and four assists in this game. One block, did have the four turnovers, but still, all in all, it was an amazing game from SGA. And it really felt Russell Westbrook-like. And of course, they have totally different play styles, but in this game, SGA was really your only source of offense. Because even whenever he did set up Al Horford, or Al Horford did score, it was all because of SGA. For for 90% of this game, it was only SGA, and he had over half your team's points. He was taking over in this one. He goes coast to coast a few times, which also reminds you of Russell Westbrook. One of the biggest things I was I was impressed by with SGA 
is not only his body control, we've talked about that, and we've talked about how amazing he is at, at getting through defenders and splitting defenders. It was the pace that he plays with and the game control that he has. Even in his first year commanding an offense, his first year being a lead guard, in the third quarter, he takes advantage and goes coast to coast for a four-second buzzer beater on an inbound pass. And that's really hard to, to isolate that and to be able to achieve that off of a Spurs turnover. And you saw him playing the possession game very well in the, in the latter half of the second of the fourth quarter whenever the Thunder had a tie game with 28 seconds left. From then on out, they did a good job of managing possessions. Of course, that's helped out by Patty Mills doing the double dribble routine. But still, SGA was awesome, right? A lot of this was sparked on by Lou Dort's three-point shots, though. I mean, it seemed like every time the Thunder got into a shooting rut and, and, and couldn't find their way out of it, it was Lou Dort to the rescue from beyond the arc. And of course, he hits the buzzer beater. He hits the game winner. His first ever game winner at any level, he said. He had 16 points, four rebounds, went four for seven from beyond the arc. And I love the fact that Lou Dort just keeps shooting. The confidence that he plays with and the poise he plays with is, is just jaw-dropping. How he can face nights like he did the other night, shooting-wise, and then just come back tonight, still still pull seven threes, and just have no fear when doing so and, and believing in himself. That's a huge deal for this Thunder team, and it's going to be a huge deal for his career moving forward. And that that consistency, right, That the consistency of, I'm going to shoot these shots when I'm open. I don't care what's happening, what my last shot looked like, what this shot looks like. I'm going to keep shooting whenever I'm open. To have that mindset and not have that hesitation will eventually lead to a more consistent style of play for him and more consistent you know, shooting-wise, you know, play from him. And he'll knock down those shots more, I think. I mean, he's an awesome free-throw shooter. That's usually indicative of how he can ex- extend the extend his range. Dort was awesome tonight, and he hit the game winner, and that game-winning play was awesome. Mark Dagon deserves a ton of credit in this one, not only for the timeout management and ensuring that he can stop every single run, but on that final play, the, the Lou Dort buzzer beater, that was such a masterful play because SGA is the inbounder, and they overload the ball side on the inbound. So it was overloading the side to the Thunder bench. They were overloading that side. So the Spurs also man up and overload that side. Lou Dort had Mills on him a little bit in the corner, and he was the only one over there. They were just on an island together. The inbound pass comes to Al Horford, and at that point, you would imagine, if you're a defensive you know, set, I would imagine that it's either going to be a dribble handoff to SGA, you know, he's going to come back around after the inbound and get the ball back, a play that the, that Billy Donovan has ran a few times whenever he was with Oklahoma City, or it was going to be Al Horford driving and taking it himself. Al Horford begins his drive. Patty Mills comes off of Lou Dort because you imagine that the ball is going to go in the hands of either the veteran Al Horford or the guy that scores 42 points tonight in SGA. And that separation, whenever whenever Patty Mills comes off of Lou Dort, Al Horford gives it up to him. That's a lot of trust in Al Horford, by the way, to Lou Dort to make the right play no matter who's on the floor with you. And Lou Dort knocks it down in the corner. He's wide open because of the aforementioned set where they're overloading the other side opposite of Lou Dort. If they're balanced on that play, if they're balanced in that set to where the defenses, you know, the defensive players were equally spread out, that does not become an open shot for Lou Dort. So it was just a masterful job from Mark Dignott. And I do think that SGA did have an option on that play. There was a, a, an option for that, but the Spurs did shut it down and they focused on him. But, you know, you have to imagine that with four seconds left, you don't have the time to just simply inbound it to Shea and let Shea 
you know, dribble around and try to get a shot off and, and create a shot for himself with four seconds left. Uh, the best way to go about that was what the Thunder did, and that was creating some action without Shea on the ball because, you know, the, the game winner against Charlotte, for example, he got to run the length of the floor. So whenever you get to run the length of the floor, you can set up your next move as he did that with that step-back mid-range elbow shot against Charlotte. He could not do that in the half-court set in this way, and so facilitating from the inbounds was a really good option for SGA. Mark Dana was phenomenal. He was incredible in this game, and the Thunder continue uh, to win. Now, what does this win mean? What other performances stood out in this game? We'll talk about all of that coming up, but first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. But online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything that you can imagine. But online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and sign up for free today. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up for a free account today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit whenever you use that promo code Locked On. But online, your online sportbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to tell you about our friends over at the Locked On Today podcast. Today on Locked On Today podcast, the rumors are swirling about how long Albert Pujols has left in baseball. Is he the best player of his generation? Get that information and more. Uh, all the support news you need in under 20 minutes on Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. So this win was thrilling, and it was a good win for the Thunder. And SGA scores 40. Lou Dort hits the game winner. If you win games in this season, you want it to be due to your young guys, and you want to be due uh, to the young guys who are showing that leap and showing that progress, and that's what happened today. SGA shows you that he can be a superstar caliber player. He can be an elite-level player. That's what you want to see. And you know, if you want to look at the actual win just of these two teams, I mean, you beat the Spurs team that shores a playoff team right now, but they don't have DeMar DeRozan. They don't have Rudy Gay. They don't have Kelvin Johnson. They don't have Devin Vassell. They don't have Derek White. I mean, the list goes on and on. You still uh, had to beat them on a the last-second shot. So, I mean, I don't think that this changes anything about the outlook of the team, but it does change, you know, SGA ceiling and puts him on the map. It puts Lou Dort on the map. I mean, again, Lou Dort was the talk of NBA Twitter yet again. I mean, Worldwide Wob, who is the face of NBA Twitter, and he's how a lot of people consume the NBA. A lot of young people only know what's happening on a nightly basis in the NBA based on the clips that, that Wob Perez puts out there. And he changes his name, which is his little shtick. He changes his name to, to Lou Wob Perez. And I think that that's awesome. I think that Lou Dort getting that recognition is awesome. Zach Lowe tweeted about Lou Dort also. I mean, he's catching on. He's a phenomenon. So that's good for his brand. That's good for his recognition for what he's accomplished this year. And SGA and Lou Dort are the stars. I mean, Lou Dort scores 16. SGA scores 42. But I also want to praise Al Horford's response. Again, in the first half, he has four points. He was not good in the first half. It's okay to say that no one but SGA was good in the first half, really. And, and he responds in such a mature way, which you expect from a 14-year veteran who's been there, done that. But he's able to 
Set that example for young players. I mean, Darius Baisley, he finishes this game 0 for 8, which is the same line he had at, at the uh, half. He gets 10 rebounds. He has two turnovers. Darius Baisley had a rough game tonight. Al Horford had a rough game in the first half, and he's made the adjustments at halftime, and, and he came out and had a better first half and not let that better second half and not let that first half get to him. That kind of example, that kind of leadership is valuable for a young player like Darius Baisley who had a rough half and got a little bit disengaged in the third quarter. But to look over and see that, hey, the game does not end at halftime. Al Horford had four at halftime. He finished with 16, seven assists, seven rebounds. He finished with a really good game, and it was a, and it was a huge part of this win, and those two threes were massive in the second half off of the off of the pick and pop with SGA. You know, keep playing your game, keep staying in your rhythm, and good things are going to happen to you. And so with Baisley being able to see that, that can be big for his development. So I think that Al Horford was, again, a, a, a huge you know, veteran presence for this team. And again, he also contributed to the actual win itself. But I, I did want to point that out of how how he stayed the course in this one and not just give up after having a really rough go of it. Again, with Baisley, I think he just simply needs to reset. I mean, I think he needs to reset. Uh, he did have some bad body language at times. I'm not going to read too much into his body language. I mean, I think that if you were an NBA player, you would be upset too if you had the skill set that Baisley has and you're 0 for 8 in this game and just nothing seems to be going your way. I think that Mark talked about his, his him anchoring his game and that he meant by that was that, you know, even though his shot's not falling, he's still getting 10 rebounds. He's still contributing in other ways. Uh, he did contribute those 10 rebounds, which were big, and, and seven of them were possession enders on the defensive end, which is a massive, massive deal in a game that's so tightly contested to where any possession you can end against this team is a big one. I'm seeing a lot of people wanting to give up on Baisley and give up on his talent. Uh, I'm not there. I, I think that Baisley is still so young, and it's just unbelievable uh, and unrealistic to judge him right now, good or bad. Uh, it, he, he just has to grow, and this is going to be part of the growing pains of that. Uh, he's not having the year I thought he'd have. I thought he'd be incredible this season. Uh, I think that he's shown you, though, those flashes in the bubble that he still has that. That, that skill set, that ability did not just up and vanish one day. I mean, he still has those attributes, and he can pull that off. And I think that you're going to see a much better second half from Darius Baisley. And it can really only go up for Darius Baisley, so that's not really a hot take to predict that. But I think that he'll he'll be more in his rhythm in the second half. I think that with SGA, though, there's so much to dive into. I mean, there's just so much to talk about, about the all-star snub, and he said that it had nothing extra to do with this game. He just played his game, and he happened to stumble upon 42 points. I'm not sure if I'm buying that. I'm not sure if I'm buying that he had no event or no motivation to go out there and to put up 42 but whatever he says goes, whatever whatever works for him. If he didn't use as any motivation at all, that's fine. His three-point shooting has been awesome in recent stretches, and it was awesome again tonight with 6 of 11 from beyond the arc. The, the four shots in the fourth quarter are going to raise some eyebrows. You know, it's going to raise some eyebrows a little bit. But the reason that I'm not, you know, freaking out about it is because it's about creating those professional habits for SGA and, and his development that you know he never passed up an open look in the fourth quarter or, or you know he never passed up a great look in the fourth quarter uh, he passed up some looks that that were again as we talked about before for him it's it's a good look and you'd rather have him shooting a good look than say Maldon shooting a, a great look for example you know just you'd rather have your ball you know the ball in the hands of your best player uh, but in the future whenever this team is built the way it wants to be built and this team is built with contending pieces and it's built to win a championship Whenever he is deferring and whenever he is facilitating, whenever he is finding the open man, the shots will go down. So so it will not be as glaring that he only shot four times in the fourth quarter when the offense sputtered a little bit. 
And with that, you also, when you get better players, not only help out his assist numbers, but you help out him and alleviate some of the defensive pressure from him. He was double teamed all night long in this game. And the adjustment he's made within the year, within this season, to combat that double team. I mean, remember how passive he was in the first five games. He was so passive. And now it's not that big of a deal. Like It's not, it's not a huge storyline anymore that he's passive uh, because he's kind of adjusted. He's made the adjustments to the, second, to the double team. He's figured out ways to still create for himself even while being double teamed, triple teamed. He's done a really great job, SGA has. And I think that the four side attempts in the fourth quarter, you know, sure, in an ideal world, you want more from him. But he, that's not the kind of player he is. He's not going to just try to go for empty stats and jack up shots and hope for the best. Uh, and, that, and that's kind of the difference in the All-Star game, right? The All-Star selection. I mean, Devin Booker has 50 in, in, in this last game. He has 50. Now, the, the Thunder probably lose because he's just jacking up shots and not playing the right way. But he'd, he'd have 50 for himself, and he'd get the All-Star nod. But SGA doesn't play that way. SGA plays within himself and plays within his offense and is a calm and collected player and and never even forces good shots. Like, like he only takes shots whenever they are a great look for him. And he still gets to 42 points because he's just that good at creating. And if you ever get a secondary score on this team and you are able to surround them with shooters and you can have SGA pull off the dribble drive, which is so effective for him, it is going to be a nightmare to defend. But in this game, everyone had a rough game besides Dort and Horford and Shea. And even with Dort and Horford, again, that, that's kind of being generous. I mean, Shea was only had a great game. Those guys had a good game. I want to talk about one of the most underrated storylines from this contest coming up. But first, I want to tell you, a lot of good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago. Think about how long that is. I was three years old. Three. Whenever I was three years old, you could have been going to rockauto.com and buying all the parts that your car would ever need at rockauto.com. They have an amazing selection. And my personal favorite part about rockauto.com is that I do not have to know a single thing about auto parts, which is good because I do not know a single thing about auto parts. I couldn't tell you where the windshield wipers go or how to even install windshield wipers, but I can buy them at rockauto.com and I don't even need to know the measurements for my car. I can just put my make, my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way it's a simple process for me and I'm not wasting money on parts I don't need, parts I cannot use. It is a great tool and a great resource for all of you to use. RockAuto.com is phenomenal. Get all the parts your car will need, body parts, auto parts, everything that you need. Everything. Trust me, everything at RockAuto.com. Whenever you go there, RockAuto.com, tell them Lockdown sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box and they'll know what to do from there. So go to RockAuto.com, Lockdown sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box and they'll know what to do from there. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices on the parts your car really need. RockAuto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. Check out more than a game podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. February is Black History Month, and Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a brand new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. 
This week, we have two conversations for you to wrap up the month. First, a discussion on protests and sports across leagues. Then tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports. What's been achieved and the important work left to do all in discussion on the Lockdown Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast from. Lockdown Presents more than a game. So the most underrated storyline in this game for me is the bench. Because while the, the bench had a terrible game, everyone had a terrible game on both sides, which is a, a bad offensive game to watch. You know, the bench, whenever SG had to come out of this game in the fourth quarter, as he extended his rotation a little bit too long in the third quarter because he's just feeling it, he was the only source of offense, he had to take a break in that fourth quarter. And whenever he comes out, he does not return in this game until the 720 mark. And whenever he did return, even after a Spurs 11-0 run and after the Spurs made their counterpunch, whenever SGA could return to this game, Oklahoma City was down two. I don't care how you slice it. I don't care about how individually none of them put up a good box score. The fact that you had a bench unit tonight Keep this game within two points whenever your SGA 40-point guy returns. That's all you can ask for. It's all you can ask for. You can only ask these guys to keep it close. They're not the closers. The closers is SGA. The closers is the starting group. And for them to keep it within two with seven minutes to go, that was a great job by the bench unit in a game that they did not have it. And a game that nobody had on either side, but still, a game that they did not have it. And so for them to keep it close was really good on their part. It was kind of an underrated storyline because you know Lou Dort had that huge three with a two-minute mark, then immediately hits another one to put Oklahoma City up seven, and SGA has 42, and, and Lou Dort has the game winner. Uh, on that game winner, you know we talked about Basley, and a lot of people have talked about Basley's body language. Basley's one of the first guys supporting Lou Dort in the dog pile. I think that the body language diagnosis is kind of strange, uh, and, I, and I pointed it out earlier too, because... Again, who wouldn't be frustrated whenever you're 0-8? You know, you're 0 for 8, you're not having a good game. Individually, you have to be frustrated at that. But he can compartmentalize that and still get 10 rebounds and still be there to support Lou Dort. He was the first one onto the dog pile, which is an awesome... I just can't help but picture that moment where Lou Dort drops to the floor and he said after the game, yeah, whenever I saw that that shot was going down and whenever I saw that shot was dropping, I dropped too. <laughs> I can't help but imagine that moment with a full Chesapeake Energy Arena crowd and with... You know, taking care of business, playing the streamers falling down. I, I just can't imagine that moment with, with that. It would be it would have been such a cool moment to have and, and a memory to have uh, for everyone involved. But Dort deserved that game winner after all he's gone through with his shot uh, going back to last year. Remember, after at the playoffs, whenever he goes over from beyond the arc, I said this is not who he is. He's going to be a much better shooter than this in his career. And so far, he's proven that right from Game Seven all the way through this season. Oklahoma City wins 102-99. Dort was awesome. SGA was incredible. Mark Dagnott was incredible. The only real negative from this game that I saw a lot of people freaking out about was, again, Isaiah Roby plays with foul trouble. He has five fouls. Listen, that's what the Thunder want from him. I mean, they truly are asking him to change the way he plays defense. He's matched up with bigger opponents. He's, he's being taught to defend with his hands more and try to go for steals and try to uh, get to the ball and not necessarily just face up and just try to put his hands up and hope for the best as he was doing at the start of the year. If you remember at the start of the year, the only defense he would play would be staying in front of the man, putting his arms up and hoping. And at that point, the bigger offensive player just goes into his chest and lays it up and finishes through, through contact. There was nothing else that Isaiah Roby could do. And you saw the change in the second half of that Denver game against Jokic, where he starts to try to attack the ball. He starts to try to get to the basketball and not care about the, the actual the actual offensive player. They only care about getting to the ball. And whenever you do that, whenever you go for the basketball, you're going to get hit with fouls. And that's perfectly 
fine with the strategy he's using. Now, is that a long-lasting strategy that you can have forever? For a bench player, sure, you have six fouls to give. Go ahead and give them. And is that a limitation for his starting potential? I think it absolutely is, but as a bench player, which is what you're going to ask him to do for the future of his career, he can still give you 17 while in foul trouble. I mean, he's, he's that kind of player, and he gets smarter with the more fouls he picks up, right? I mean, he finishes with five, but... How, how long did he play with three? I mean, how long did he did he wait in between those fouls? It's not like he's just going to go boom, 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 five fouls, you're done. Like he spreads them out. He, he paces himself, I should say, with the fouls. I mean, I'm not weird one bit about the foul count for Roby uh, in the grand scheme of things. And Taylor Maldon does not score his first, first bucket until halfway through the fourth, fourth quarter, even as a starter. I'm not concerned about that. He's a rookie. He's a young player. That's going to happen. You're going to have games like this where the ball just does not bounce your way. A couple of those shots were on target, just could not fall. On tomorrow's show, we're going to recap this last week for the Thunder, where are they at in the standings, and also we're going to preview the last four games of this first half, and then we're going to take a look at the next half of the season, the second half. You know, The schedule came out yesterday. We're going to dive into that second half schedule. All of that and more on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast from, I'm Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. Listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.